What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Home with the Cousins. We know there is no straight line through a construction project, and it's our goal to help you zig and zag in the most efficient manner possible to save you time, money, and heartache throughout the process. In this episode, we are covering the basics of buying a home, everything that that you got to do before you get into that construction or renovation project, the questions you should be asking, the due diligence you need to perform to protect yourselves and to protect your investment and ensure you're not buying a money pit. So let's jump into it. Johnny, how you doing today, bud? Hello, sir. All right. Well, um, you know, this topic, it's, again, like we've always said, buying a home, the biggest investment that most people will make in their life. And there is a ton of things that you need to look out for. Sure. You need to protect your investment. You're going to be putting a lot of money into this. And at the end of the day, you want to, if you're looking to sell it, you want to make money too. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I was always taught with real estate. It's, uh, if you buy it right, you're going to make money. Yes. It's, you're, you're making your money on the buy side, not on the sell side. Correct. So if you can, if you can get yourself a good deal and you know what you're looking for, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of upside potential there. Um, and then, you know, if you're looking for your forever home, I mean, you're still going to sell it one day. Um, but the, the theory there is you're going to, you're going to go through a couple of, uh, of cycles of the real estate market and, and you will wind up making money on it, but you, but you do want to buy it right. And you want to make sure you can, you have the funds left over to, uh, to do whatever renovations that is going to make that house your home. Um, so, so what are the, what are, what are a couple of things that you, that you start off with, um, you know, when, when you, when you're going to get involved in the process of buying a home, you're going to start looking for something. So, I mean, this, you know, this is actually something that, that I'm doing now with Jen. So a couple months ago, we recently sold the home that I built. We just got a really great price. It was something that a realtor friend of mine said, Hey, someone wants to come in. They love your home. Do you want to sell it? I said, you know what? Hard to say no to. Hard to say no <laughs> on the number. Um, the Good way I built you, it, bud. of course, you know, new build, you know, things like that happen. And well, you need a new project to keep yourself busy. In. And at the same time, <laughs> I, do, I do like a new project. So we're actually looking right now to. It could go both ways. You know, we're evaluating our goals. Um, is it buying just property and building new, or buying an older home, remodeling, putting addition onto it? Okay. So the thing that I think first and foremost for everybody is. Figure out, is this going to be your forever home, how you alluded to just before? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be five max 10 years? It's your starter home that you're looking to really maybe make some money off of that you can flip it right. and get the home that it, you really want. Kind of like level up to the next to the next level of home. And I think that something else you just said is, is really important too, and that's to understand your comfort level of... I want to do a custom build. Yep. And by you, I don't mean you specifically. I mean, hire a developer or general contractor to to build you a custom home. Or do you want something that's more turnkey? You know, you get a set of keys, you move in, and then and then you can do some some alterations and some uh, renovations uh, along the way or for, you know, further down the line. Well, we definitely know with the DIY movement, of course, everybody is kind of, you know, everyone latches on to it, loves doing it, but some people do not want to be hands-on. Just like you said, I think a lot of millennials are that way also. They don't, they say, I want it done for me. I want to move in. Yeah. I I mean, I I think it's definitely, you know, partly that, but there's also the area in which you're looking. And by that, I mean, if I want to move somewhere else here in Jersey City, I mean, good luck finding an empty plot of land, right? So, you know, I know you, you guys are looking 
out more rural area and, and you, you want to find some land that, that gives you that ability. Um, you know, I've got my, I've got my pie in the sky dream of finding property up in the Catskills. That's, that's way easier to buy a house. But if you're looking in a more developed area in a denser area, you know, you really have to be okay with buying a pre-existing home and either knocking it down, which in general, it's tough to see returns on if you're a on a shorter money. time frame. It's a lot of money. Um, or, which is, you know, most often the case, you're, you're getting into a renovation. Well, I think when everyone is starting off the process, I think uh, the first thing you should do, sit down with your partner, make a list of items that are must a must-have the must-haves house, yeah. right? So I kind of, I'll, I'll rattle off a couple and we can expand on them, you know, a couple is it going to be a one floor is it going to be two floors three floors you know mm-hmm. what are you, what are you looking for the reason why you're saying is it one floor two floors i've been looking at a lot of ranches yep. the reason why i'm looking at ranches easier to expand i can do what i want i can change the facade and go up sure so i will get well, there's uh, also a lot to single floor living. I, yeah, I happen there is. to love it. You yep. know, I, I love being on uh, having everything on one floor and being a little more, you know, spread out footprint wise as opposed to going Height. up. Yeah. So, well, that's that. The one thing is when we're looking at a renovation, we want the facade to look a certain way. So for me, I'm saying if I find a ranch, it's easier for me to alter. I could really change it, yep. keep part of the footprint at that first floor and then I can go up or go out the back. Sure. So those are those are things that you have to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think bedrooms, bathrooms, of course. Yep. Um, adding extra bathrooms, adding that plumbing is, is expensive. If it's already there, it's just remodeling. Yep. Um, makes it a lot easier. Storage, right? Massive, massive uh, thing to think about. Um, you have your attached garage, detached garage, um, no garage. No garage. These are all options. <laughs> Those are all options. <laughs> Very, if you're living in the city, you're not getting a garage. You're paying for a garage. You're paying to park your car somewhere. Um, big one. Septic or sewer? That's that is big. Well, it's not always a choice you get to make, right? It's it's very town dependent, and if you want to be in a more rural area, you know you've got to understand that you will have a septic system, and um, you have to understand the costs that go along with maintaining that. And on top of it, I think you know one of the big things you have to know if you have a septic, it's something if you're going to be on that in that house for a long time, it could fail. I mean, it, it's something where if, if it's an older home, maybe the septic was redone 10 or 15 years ago, the lifespan of those, it depends on how well it was done, 20, max, max 30 years. And when you're looking at price, that is big dollar signs, big dollar signs. Yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with that. I just remember my parents having to have theirs redone when I was a kid, but that was that's the last time I dealt with septic. It's We did it for... Our buddy Matt up in uh, Mawa, remember, oh, yeah, he, had, you were he had to get his that done. That's right. Um, just so everybody knows, I mean, depending on your area, uh, again, but septics run anywhere from twenty to forty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's not a not a small not a small check to write. And sure. there's a lot of things that you think about: was there contamination of the soil uh, when they're digging? Are they going to hit any boulders? Is it going to be easy to decommission the septic that's there? Add a new one. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of, of factors there. So that's that that's a big one. Um, gas, propane, or electric. What's coming in? Yep. What's the most efficient that's going to run your house? 
Um, you know, if you're if well, you, what and you know, uh, when you're looking at, at a pre existing home, what is what is there? Making sure you're looking at what is there. You know, just because there's an electric oven or an electric stovetop doesn't mean they don't have gas, yep. but it might. And if you want gas or you want to be able to convert appliances to gas, you better make sure there's gas coming into that house. And personally, I like cooking on gas appliances. Same here. Um, they are. It's also your your utility bills are more economical. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all things. Propane runs out. You got to fill that. It's something you have to stay on top of. Same on. Same if you had oil heat. Got to fill that up. Could be more expensive. Right. Oils dropped a lot, of course, because gas prices have, have come down. But if you start seeing spikes, that's something that could really bump up your monthly costs of actually affording that house. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. The oper- the operation of a home is just as important. I mean, it's it's got to be figured into the, the overall equation. I mean, you've got your mortgage, you've got your taxes, and you've got your monthly operating expenses. And let me ask you this, because I know you guys grew up with, you grew up in mm-hmm. Franklin Lakes having this, the well. Yeah, we had well water. What is, I don't, I see, I don't have much, I don't have it's a, a natural, lot of, It's natural spring. I mean, I mean, do you remember anything? Was there, was there any problems? No, any water tasted great. Um, that being said, I mean, I was, I just rented an Airbnb in the Catskills a couple of weeks ago. It was well water. When you turn that faucet on, it smelled like rotten eggs. There was so much sulfur in, in the water. So there was. So, you know, it's, it's something that you do have to pay attention to and so you've got to know- Testing the the actual quality of the water yeah. is big. I mean, of course, even even town yeah, water well, you're be testing. But I mean, look, it's, it, this is really great. You're going going through this list of things, just showing people how how many things there are to consider. Um, but the 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 one thing that I highly, highly, highly recommend is as a home inspection. You need to hire a professional to come in there and spend a few hours with that house and pay for a professional report. Um, I think, you know, buying a home without one, you're, you're putting yourself at, at, a, at a lot of risk. Um, you know, my buddy Joe is in, actually, he's going to close in, in the next two weeks. But when he was looking at homes, um, you know, he would call me and when he found something he really liked, he'd ask me to come down. And if you have a friend that's in the business or or you're starting a relationship with a general contractor, I think that's a great way to, to you know, to build some trust and build some communication. Um, you know, Joe had, had me come down and look at some things for design ideas and he had a contractor come out as well because he's trying to, to suss out who, who it is that he's going to want to be using um, once we start to put our plan into effect. Um, and having those guys look at things early, like I said, yes, builds trust, but it also gives you a, a better sense of what is and is not possible within the home, what those things that you're looking at doing are going to cost from a ballpark perspective. Um, and, and like I said, from the home inspection standpoint, you know, you want to make sure your foundation is solid. You want to make sure that there's no leaks in the roof and that, and that there's, it's got a good lifespan left. Um, same goes for all the different appliances, air handlers, uh, hot water heaters. I mean, all the different systems that run the house, they have a finite lifespan and you want to understand where they are in that lifespan. And if you're going to have any kind of major expenses coming up, once you close on that property and everything becomes your responsibility. I, the point you made, of course, home inspection key have to have that done. Yes. But also having the con, if you know, you're going to be doing work. Yeah. Have the contractor come along because he's looking for things. Guys, what you have to realize is, what a general contractor and a builder looks at is going to be different 
than what your home inspector is going to, to look at as well. Basically, the home inspector is looking at what's there, yep. how old is it, how well is it functioning, how much time does it have left. Contractor is going to look at what are you looking to do here? Okay, so you want to add a bathroom. Well, you want to add a bathroom on the other side of the house from where the where the existing bathroom is. So that that's going to be a lot of pipe and a lot of this and a lot of that. Oh man, we're on a slab foundation. That means I got no crawl space and it's going to be really expensive. Or oh, we've got an open basement here and the rafters are exposed and there's no work. This is easy peasy. I can I can do this all day long. We're going to save a ton of money. Load bearing walls, Correct. identifying them. Right. He's not going to know exactly, but he will be able to identify them because when you walk into a house, you might have this vision. Oh yeah, I, this is easy. I'm looking to open up the kitchen, get rid of the dining room. He's going to say, hey, guess what? The job that you just told me yeah. is much more difficult <laughs> than what you're thinking. Yeah. Because we've been there with homeowners. Sometimes they say, oh, no big deal. We'll take out the staircase, move it. <laughs> well, yeah, no big deal. My favorite, my favorite words. Well, eh, no big deal. Well, let's just back up a it's second easy. here. Yeah, sure. It's, it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. No, but uh, no, but that is, I, I really, really like that. If yeah. if you have the opportunity and you know that you're your goal is to do a renovation, yep. having the contractor there, having the the pre-talks before you get into our planning series that we went through, we talked about, this is a great way to do it so you start to understand the whole process. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, again, if you're unsure, ask your real estate agent. They know a bunch of contractors in town. Um, and if you, ha- if you have a friend who lives in town and they've had work done and you know the, the contractor already knows your friend and, and knows that they've done a transaction with them, they're going to be more likely to come out and, and give you a, a little free look, if you will, um, because... You know they've already got an established relationship, and and they know that they've got to hustle in order to get to get their work as well. So it's, you know, it's it's worth putting those calls in and, and asking for that you know hour of someone's time, um, and then you know going forward you're going to be more inclined to use them because you know they came out and, and gave you their time and gave you their opinion and their expertise and and you're you're off to to a great working relationship. And I think also something that again you should be thinking about is when you're going to the house, you start to fall in love with it, right? You start getting that warm, oh, fuzzy feeling. The emotions. You start, you start picturing yourself with your family and you're out in the front yard and all those fun things. But I think you just got to start thinking about, okay, I'm going to start making my offer. What am I going to be offering here? Again, some people think, oh, I can go in with a lowball offer. It's no big deal. You don't want to push away the person that is selling their home. You want them to also start that relationship with you so you can have a nice, fair negotiation. You want to make sure that that everybody is in line with what the price really is and the buyer doesn't want to get taken advantage of and the seller doesn't want to get taken advantage of. It goes both ways. So having the contractor come there once you give your bid and you're in the attorney review process, because once you're in attorney review, and you have that first, the first initial bid is the first initial bid. It can go anywhere from, from sure. there. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it, and, and I think that's what, you know, you may or may not realize is that when you have a home inspection report come through and you're in due diligence, the, or you're in the attorney review period, excuse me, um, you have the ability to, to come off of your, your offer. I mean, let's say, let's say an offer was accepted at $100,000. And then you get the home inspection report back and it says, 
Well, the roof's on its last leg, and the hot water heater's ready to expire, and you know the appliances in the kitchen are are on their last legs as well. Well, I'm going to say to the seller, hey, you know, based on this report here, I'm looking at a fifteen or twenty thousand dollars spend before I move in, yep. and I'm not even doing anything I want to do. I'm doing things I have to do. And how does that work? Well, it's a negotiation, like anything. A lot of times the the seller will cover it. A lot of times the seller and the buyer will split the difference. And it, let's say you have twenty thousand, they'll say, "Okay, I'll come off the price ten grand, and you deal with it." Or maybe the seller says, "You know what? I'm in the contracting business, or I have a buddy who's a contractor. I'm going to fix all this stuff. I'm not going to change the price, but you don't have that spend when you move in." Any and all of those options are good options. It's about having that conversation, making sure that you're well-informed, having arming yourself with the information so that you can have that negotiation and, and get that number where it, where it needs to be. And that's my whole point. Yeah. Not starting off from the first get-go of throwing out this lowball number. No. Have, the, have some ammunition. Right. Your well, ammunition is that report. And I think the point is that like when you make the initial offer, you're making the offer based on the fact that everything's in working order Correct. or based on the assumption, assumption. not the fact. You're based on, basing on the assumption that everything's in good working order. Once you're armed with the facts, i.e. the home inspection report, then you can adjust that bid. So you know, for anybody who's not gone through the process yet, you've got your initial negotiation and you get to a price and you both agree on it. Then that price gets written down on a contract and your attorney and their attorney are going to review those contracts. That is the attorney review period. During that time, you are not on the hook for anything. You can get 100% of your money back. It doesn't matter who you gave a check to. That it, Nothing, nothing, nothing is binding at that point. And it's something I told my buddy Joe. I said, Joey, get a get a bid in, dude. Because what you're doing is tying up the home. So the seller knows that you're serious and that you're excited and that you want to get this house. You're removing it from the market so other people aren't putting additional bids on it, but you're also still protected and you can wait for that home inspector's report before, you know, any of that deposit money becomes um you know, becomes at risk if you then don't close. So, you know, he went ahead and, and, and did that and it's been working out so far. And he actually got, he actually got his uh, house home inspection report back. And I think it, high levels of uh, radon, radon. Um, so in the basement. That's got to get fixed. Yeah. Um, and the, and the seller didn't want to deal with it. So they they had a $10,000 concession. There you go. Boom. And the, the price of the home came down for him and his wife. And, you know, he's getting set up with a contractor down there to, to remediate the radon and he'll be fine. But he got, you know, he got what he thought was a fair, was a fair give from the seller. Cause they, they, I think they live down in Florida now. They just want to be done with they it. They don't want to deal it's with it. it. No. You Most know. sellers in all honesty don't want to deal they with don't. it. They don't. No. They'd rather say, I'll give the concession. I know it has to get fixed, whatever it is. And look, you're going to have real quotes. You're, you're going to have quotes from a, a contractor. So you're not pulling these numbers out of thin air. It's not like, I feel like having $15,000 off this number. No, you're going to have a real quote. Someone is going to give that to you. And that is the ammunition, like we said, yeah. you have to- And a lot of times those home inspectors can actually give you, they can do you know, pretty pretty decent ballparks, right? I mean, that you know most home inspectors are contractors themselves. Um, the only- The only- 
law, at least in New Jersey that I know of, is that a home inspector cannot work on a house that he's inspected. There's a conflict of interest there. So I think it's like a, for a period of two years or maybe even longer than that. I'm not positive, but any home that a home inspector does an inspection report for, they're not then allowed to be hired as the general contractor there. So no, that's I, that's that's a great point. And I I think if we if we run down. We've alluded to them already, but if we run down the kind of list of, of items, so everyone at home, you know, just make sure that you're kind of checking these off. These, well, and you know what? We can, we'll, we'll put these you in the show notes. You want to put them notes. all in the show notes? Yeah. I mean, run, I definitely want to run through them now, but, but guys, we're going to add these to the show notes and you can download this document and, um, and take it with you for, as like a, a home buyer's 101 checklist um, so that you can make sure, because there's a lot of things to look at. And if you're not familiar with the process, you certainly don't want to, to miss anything. So like we said, we'll list these. There'll be a checklist for you. And then I want you guys to go ahead and add those things that you want to make sure, you know, maybe some more of the wants as opposed to needs. Um, and then and then you've got a really nice, complete checklist. And I think the good thing about the checklist, they can share this with their home inspector. Right. So he knows to actually talk to them about these items. Um, so first things first, roof. I don't think that needs any explanation. It's pretty. We don't. We yeah. do not want snow or rain coming inside our house. Make sure it works. <laughs> Very easy. Um, foundation again, major item. It's walking the property, checking for cracks, uh, seeing if you see any dips uh, in in the in the ground that that surrounds it. You also want to make sure that the foundation's above the 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 earth line, and, yep. and you know we the, the home we did for your cousin for Michael. That's right. His uh, there was a wooden beam that was actually below uh, the earth, so the dirt and the moisture and the water sitting. He had an entire sill plate that was rotted out. We had to we had to replace. It was. It, and, was, it was a scary moment there. <laughs> and and again, we found that out. Now, he didn't know anything about that no. when, when he bought the house. Nope. So when we were doing an addition and expanding off the back and the kitchen was going to get blown off the back of the house, we started opening up the wall. Again, like Anthony said, looking to find the sill plate because we wanted to make sure the foundation could support yep. the new addition. Hey, guess what? No go. And you know what that means? That's a big change order. Yeah. But those are things, of course, just like you said, that's a, that's a great, great point. Uh, mechanicals, I think that is self-explanatory. Everybody, I don't know how to say this. Please just make sure that those are checked thoroughly. That's and air conditioning. That's heat. That's hot water heater, whether it's a tank or tankless. Um what else? Uh, that's the majority. That's the majority. That's the, those, that's the majority. Heating and air condition. Those and are the your, big, and your hot and your hot water heaters. Those are the those biggest are the, expenses. Those are the those are the big dogs that run the home. Yep. Um, you know when you're if it does have a basement, um, you're walking down. You're walking downstairs, walking the perimeter, making sure are the walls damp. Um, do you see any signs? Smell mold? any? Smell any? Anything smell nasty? That <laughs> don't smell too good. Um. Those are things that you can e easily check. And if the home has heating oil, if it's an oil, if it's oil-based heat, you know you can. If you have any kind of s smell of of that overwhelming smell of oil, you know that that could be a leak in a in an oil tank as well. Yes. Um, and soil contamination is no joke, guys. And just just as a as a little uh, as a little tangent here, um, if the home has oil heat and you're aware that there's an oil tank in the ground. You want to have a phase one environmental study done. Uh, I think they run about twenty five hundred bucks, if I remember bucks, correctly. Correct. Yes, um, but you need that. 
you need that tank tested and you need the soil tested because environmental uh, remediation and cleanup is not cheap. And by not cheap, I mean it can run into the six figures. Uh, it, you you get the Environmental Protection Agency involved, and unless they give you an uh, an order of no further action required, you are on the hook uh, once you close on that property. So. If there is oil heat, I cannot stress it enough. Uh, we've had a couple of close calls in our career because Hoboken and Jersey City have uh, the brownstones had a lot of oil tanks from the early 1900s. Um, you definitely want to be. You definitely want to make sure there's either decommission certificate or, like I said, a, a no further action letter uh, from the. Uh, from the EPA. And so everyone knows most lenders, once you actually get further in the process and you divulge that information, they're going to say, we need a phase one. Yeah. So you're going to be paying for it no, no matter what. If you want that loan, they're going to say, give me the phase one, yep. give me the report, make sure things are right. Because if you don't give that to them, sorry, you ain't getting a check. The they're, they're, they're not going to do it. Um, check. I think one good thing to do is check if there's a sump pump. You want to make sure that's a that's something just to make sure it's it's giving you the it's giving you the I guess the I don't know I don't know what you want to call it the a little the, peace of mind a little a peace of mind that there is a way to pump the water out but in all honesty see I go back and forth with this <laughs> when I see a sump pump is it peace of mind or is it not that's what I was it's trying a, to, it's either a peace of mind or false sense of security or, exactly <laughs> that's what I was thinking I'm like how am I going to say this because uh, I get a little nervous but. If you have it, that's- I think it's unless it's like a hurricane, Sandy. Exactly. It's peace of mind. It but there, mind. there is, you know, there's all all mechanical systems have their limitations. So, you know, for for normal groundwater uh, spring thaw things like that, so, uh, uh, some pump's going to do its job. Get a hurricane and you got you know six seven feet of tide rise. <laughs> it's nothing's going to do its job. And and if you're in if you live anywhere around us in New Jersey, everyone has basements and everybody get everyone I know gets some type of water. That's why I, I am not a basement fan. Uh, when I built my home, I did not want a basement. I just had a crawl space. I'd put a sump pump just in case. Right. Um, but I didn't want a basement again. It just depends on where, where you live. Um, big thing when I look for all always windows, how many older homes, Anthony, have we seen yep. where the windows are almost rotting out? They're well, not even. Yeah. They're, they're they're just not. It's that, anything. and you know, you get a lot of heating and cooling loss yep. uh, there. You know, what what kind of uh, you know is it low e glazed glass? Is it is it all you know? Is it just single pane? And you're yes. just you know you're getting crushed on your utilities. That goes to your bottom line. That's that's part of your monthly operating expenses. So definitely, definitely worth checking that out. Yeah, windows are and glass is not cheap. So if it is something like you said that you got a lot of frame rot or whatever, you know, replacing windows, whoa, you know, you can you can be twenty, e twenty, thirty thousand dollars. I was again. gonna say easy five digits, yep. you know. Yeah, it's um, it's no joke. So that's something to really make sure that you're looking at those windows. Maybe they had some replacement windows. Check that out. Yep. Um, it's always a good question. If you're unsure, again, ask guys. You know, talk to the realtor. The homeowner has to divulge this stuff well, too. And look, there's plenty of times the real, real estate agent doesn't know. Plenty of times the homeowner doesn't know. It, it, it still amazes me how little people know about their properties. But always remember that the, the, the home inspector will work directly for you. And that's the guy who you can ask all these real specific questions to, technical questions. This one I put on the list because we've run into this so many times across the country is uh, the installation in your attic. Yes. Is it, is it asbestos? <laughs> we've had a lot or of not. We've had a lot of like fun. Everyone we go to, there's asbestos up there. Yeah. Um, 
it's if you've gone up in your attic and you've seen in you've seen the blown in insulation where it's just it's just sitting up there it's just free um that is asbestos well not necessarily. I mean, in an older home, yes. I'm not going to argue is it? with you. You definitely want to. 70s prior? Uh, 78. 78. Prior, prior to 78, you're, you know, there's there's a bigger. I think actually 78 might be the lead paint mark, um, but I think it's a around the same time frame for asbestos. The, the one thing that people do need to know about asbestos, because I feel like this is something, it's a real scary word. Um, if you're not... If you're not doing any work and you're not disturbing it, it's completely harmless. It's just that if you're going to be doing construction at some point, you need to have it removed by an asbestos team, an asbestos removal team, because once asbestos is airborne, that is when it can be dangerous. But if it's installed and it's not being disturbed, touched, or otherwise moved, there's nothing you need to be worried about. But it is an, ex- an extra expense once you decide to do construction. Well, for us, we disturb everything. So when we go to- <laughs> We definitely disturb it. <laughs> when we go into a house, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, yeah, the wall's coming down. We're expanding. No, but I just mean like if somebody You're likes the home right, and, and their footprint and everything and they're not doing renovation, don't yes. don't let that be a, a deterrent to yep. you buying that home. It, it all depends on, again, what we talked about at the beginning of the show. What are you looking to do? Right. If you have that plan in place, when you see something like this, then you're going to say, well, it's okay for me. Right. I can leave it. Exactly. Or no, like you just said, there's going to be a cleanup here. I have to factor that into my price when I'm looking to do my renovation. Um, you always want to check out just plumbing lines underneath the sinks. What do they look like? Are they rotting out? Are they new? Are they old? Do you are see they anything? lead? Are they, they lead? Yeah. <laughs> um, are, do you see any any drips? Do you see any water damage? Just a, just a good, good rule of thumb. Yeah. And, and you know, again, this it's something that the home inspector is going to do, but don't depend just on them. Educate yourself on the home so that you can have the conversations that that you need to have with the home inspector. Um, next one is big electrical. Yes. Yes. A lot, a lot of older homes, you know, have a lower amperage coming into the house because they, they just straight up didn't need any more power. So, you know, you got a hundred amps coming in. That's... I mean, that's pretty, that's really on Borderline. the low side today. Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely on the lower side, especially if you want um, if you want to be putting in commercial grade um, cooking equipment or anything that's going to have a high draw. Um, you know, I did a, I did a, a Kohler steam shower in my, in my bathroom. That, that's a 40 amp breaker, you know, in, in my, in my panel because it needs to heat up very quickly. Um, not the most efficient of appliances, but it is something that I wanted to do for myself, and 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 I'm thrilled that I did it. But I had to double check that I had enough power and enough room in in my in my uh, sub panel in order to do that. So I think two things are really important: one, understanding the amperage coming into the home, and two, understanding if there's room left in that panel. Because even if you have the amperage coming in. And there's no more slots for for um, for the breakers. Then you're either adding an additional sub panel or you're replacing the existing and rewiring that entire thing. Yeah, and I actually ran to this. I did a home inspection with my brother-in-law John, older home built in the '60s, nice home. Okay. They were looking to upgrade the kitchen eventually. Mm-hmm. The AC was so-so, but it might need to be upgraded probably in the next two or three years. Okay. That 100 amps 
very little room in their panel. I told him, I said, guys, look, I'm telling you right now, ask for a $2,500 credit yeah. because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be somewhere around $2,500 for a new panel, bring in the 200 amp service yep. because they knew in a year or two, they were going to expand for a new kitchen. Well, in the old kitchen that currently was there, it didn't have any hi-hats. It didn't have the power that was needed. The appliances weren't home runs. Yep. I don't even think it had a dishwasher. So if you're looking to make that expansion, like a kitchen, you want to make sure that the appliances have their own breakers for all the new appliances. You want to make sure that your lighting, your outlets, everything are on their own breakers. That's a big thing. So they actually saved 2,500 bucks there. Oh, there you that, go. That was taken That's off. Great. So I think it's it's a very big item for everyone to, to do. Um, something that I highly recommend, mm -hmm. if you go to a house and they tell you, it had a recent update in the past 10 years. Ask for those plans. Yeah, it was something I was going to note as well. You know, if, if you can get plans, um, even in paper format, you know, the architect can scan those plans and get the, and get the backgrounds of the drawings in. And then it, it makes their, it saves them so much time and allows them to draw new stuff that much faster. I totally, totally agree with that. And if the homeowner, for some reason, maybe it changed hands you know, two times or something and that, that person doesn't have it, you can go down to the building department. They keep that stuff on record. It's public. It's Hopefully. Public. Hopefully. No, <laughs> they should. They should. They should. Let's that's, see, that's, building department. Yeah, that's that's very true. Let's see. Um, but that I thought that was another outlet. You can go down there. And I think the nice part about that is you're also making sure you're getting the inspection stickers. So you're saying, all right, now a renovation was done. Mm -hmm. Did they pass all inspections? Was it done up the code? Um, just something to double check yourself. If you're, if you're a little, if you're just getting curious and maybe you're a little unsure, it's a way to kind of settle your nerves to say, yes, this was done in the right manner. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then, um, a couple maybe simpler notes, um, but that that you know, there's so much to think about. You might just you might just overlook it. Um, ask what the utilities were for the year. Um, you know, I, I, sometimes it's hard to get copies of actual bills, but um, but you know, you want to know what your operating expenses are. You know, if you see very high electric uh, bills, you, th this is something you got to be asking questions about. Um, you know, you want to be asking what the taxes on the property are. Has it been reassessed recently? Um, you know, go down to the tax assessor's office, figure out what the, you know, where the municipality is as far as, um, you know, what they're doing with property taxes. Um, I got hit with a double whammy. What happened? When I, when I built, when I was in the final months building my house in Ramsey, of course, there was no home there. It was just property, right? Okay. So I was only, when I was paying property when I owned the property was just land. They had to come out. They had to see the size of the house, do their assessment that mm -hmm. way. Fine. That was done. At that same time, the entire town of Ramsey was also being assessed, reassessed. Yep. What they were doing was any of the newer homes built, you were going to front the bill and pay a bigger load. And if you had an older home, yours were going to go down. They like to do that. They like to give like a 50-50. It's how certain towns uh, do it. I don't shitty. I don't understand it. I got hit with a double whammy. So on top of, of course, new home, because they always give a new home a little higher, the town was reassessing. So I was even hit for a higher mm. tax bill because they that were hurts. in that, that reassess. That so it's just something 
whether you're building a new home or whether it's a renovation that you want to do, I think it's something good to ask yep. to find out the last time the town was reassessed because, the, and you could say, do they do it every two, three years? What, what's kind of the cycle the town's doing? Yep. So you kind of understand what's going to happen. Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, an, another note is, is, is about financing. Um, you know, for anybody who isn't familiar, you can go and get your pre-approval from the bank and your pre-approval, you know, allows you to know that, that you are going to be approved for a certain spending limit so that you can go out and shop with confidence, especially with how fast things move in this market today. You don't want to go and look at a house on Saturday and then say, all right, well, I'll talk to the bank on Monday. And you spend all a week, two weeks, getting them all the information they need in order to say, okay, we can lend this much money to you. And then you go back next Saturday and the house is gone or it's under contract. So, you know, get your pre-qualifications, get your pre-approvals all done before you start really looking for a home so that you can move quickly and you can move with confidence. And I think the other good part about doing that is when you get the pre-approval, let's say they say, hey, uh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, we're going to loan you up to $500,000. I love the Smiths. I love the Smiths. Good people. <laughs> good people. Um when they do say 500,000 is your max, then when you're making your offer, let's say it was you're going in, you're offering 475, you're going through attorney review, certain things have to be fixed. The price now is coming down because you see the items have to be fixed. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, guess what? If I get this for 450, I got $50,000 I can still get from the bank to pay yes. for the upgrades that I want to do Absolutely. inside the house. So you can wrap that you it's it's called wrapping it into your mortgage and you can wrap those initial expenses right into the mortgage so that you're you know you're paying you're paying for it in your monthly in your monthly mortgage payment and you don't have to think about it and you can get all those updates done right away. Yeah, it's a lot easier to amortize what 50,000, 75,000 over 30 years than saying, yeah. "Hey, I'm coming out of pocket right no, now." No, that's crazy. And I'm dropping this that's yeah, especially you know, interest rates are still super favorable. Why wouldn't you pay a couple of points on that money to 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 leave, you know, to leave yourself more liquid and and be able to pay it over time? I I would definitely, especially if you're staying in the home for a while. Absolutely, I I highly highly recommend that, and that's the beauty of getting the pre approval. Mm -hmm. And then going through the process that we just outlined with the inspection, because you have that in your back pocket. Absolutely, you know that you can get that money. Two other, um, two other things of note that I have. Um, one, you know, the house will be appraised. The bank will require it. You don't need to get an appraisal if you're going to go and say pay cash for your home, but it's highly recommended that you do um, because it's going to let you know what other things in the neighborhood are selling for and whether you're high or low. And the appraisal is another great area or great report you can use for, for negotiating. You know, regardless of, of what you settled on prior to attorney review, once that home inspection report is back, once that appraisal is back, those then become what dictate the price of that home. So, you know, if if the appraisal came in twenty five thousand dollars under where your bid is, well, the bank isn't gonna. Their bank is only gonna lend based on the appraisal. So you're either going to say, okay, I'm gonna come out of pocket more money because I really have to have this home, and the seller doesn't want to move on the price, or you're gonna say, hey, seller, if you want to sell this home, 
you got to drop the number because you're overpriced for the market we're in and the neighborhood we're in. And the bank isn't going to lend to me on that. Not, and I only want to put 20% down. And then they've got the hard decision to make and you put the ball back in, in their court. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And that happens a lot of times. Yep. Appraisals, you know, the appraisal industry is a fickle industry. I don't fully understand it. Um, it depends on the person appraising it. It, of course, depends on the comps in your area. But yeah, just like you said, if if it comes in twenty five thousand under, yeah, hey guys, that's a win for you. Yeah, I I, I take that money, and you're not going to move off it. Yeah, you're exactly not gonna move off right. it. Um, and then the other the other uh, note I was going to make is uh, make sure you understand if you are in uh, in a municipality that has a, a historic district, and if your home is within that historic district, because things get infinitely more expensive when you are in uh, in a, a historic uh, building and you have to do certain things required by the historic preservation society whether it's you know wood frame windows or period correct colors or slate roofs or you know different towns have different tolerances as far as what but the, there's a there's a town uh, near us here in New Jersey called Glen Ridge beautiful absolutely beautiful town. I mean, they literally still have the gas street lamps working. It's gorgeous. Um, but any renovation you do in that town, everybody from your neighbors to to the different government agencies are going to be all over you to make sure that everything is absolutely perfectly historic because the people who live in that town really want to keep it that way. And it's absolutely gorgeous, but it costs money to do that. And you got to understand what you're getting yourself into there because it, it, can, be, um, it can be a bit daunting. And I think if you're also going down that road, looking at the historical nature, think about lot coverage. A lot of times people don't realize what lot coverage is, but if you're buying a home and you have a certain amount of property and you want to do an addition um, and take up more land, you have to see what you're allowed to buy the town. If they say, hey guys, look- You're going to go into the zoning office. Yeah, go into the zoning office for it. If currently your house takes up 50% of the lot coverage and you're allowed to do 60%, 75%, whatever that town might be, that's the extra 15 to 20 to 25% size of your home you can put on that property. If you want to go larger than that, some people, I know the McMansion things are kind of dying out, but <laughs> I hope they do. They just, they look ridiculous. But um, if you're looking to do larger, you might not be able to. So well, it's a question and, to ask. And John, don't forget too, there's setbacks. There's setbacks so there's as well. there's setbacks yes. and, and there's lock coverage and you have to you have to be able to adhere to both of them. So setbacks is a set of rules that mean you know, you have to be this far away from the front street and you have to be this far away on the left side of your property and this far away from the right side of your property line and this far away from the back side of your property line. And as long as you meet all that criteria, well, then you're allowed 60% lock coverage or 50% lock coverage like John was just saying. So, you know, this is again why uh, we mentioned having a contractor come out and spend a little time with you. Um, but it's also questions that you guys are going to want to go down and, and ask um, in the zoning department um, to make sure that, you know, looking forward, looking to the future, looking to that renovation you want to do, that you're going to be able to accomplish that without a ton of extra headaches. And a lot of the homes I'm even looking at, they give you a copy of the survey right there. So if, if you're if you're getting a copy of the survey, which every property you're looking at has to have a survey, um, you can ask for that, get a copy, and you can go down to the zoning department and they can take a look at it. You can understand it. So I think that's that's something important. 
All right. Uh, so that is the uh, the down and dirty on the home buying 101. Like we said, we will um, we'll drop the the entire list of stuff that we went through um, in the show notes, um, so you can download it as a checklist and bring it with you. Um, and you know, just as just to, to reiterate, you want to make sure you're having a home inspection. You want to make sure you're having an appraisal. Um, you really want to make sure you're, you're checking the the tax office. And you want to make sure that uh, you want to understand whether you're in a historic neighborhood or not, historic property or not, because that's greatly going to change the amount of money you're going to have to spend if and when you do a renovation. Uh, I think, you know, there is a lot of information here. We went through quite a bit, but like you said, if you take your checklist, bring it to every property, again, the same way we talked about when you have your checklist and you're going your spreadsheets with your general contractor comparing property to property and making sure that you're com- you're comparing apples to apples it allows you to really fall in love with the right property not just the emotional one absolutely all right guys that was another episode of home with the cousins thanks for hanging with us thanks guys Hey guys, real quick before you go, we just want to say thanks for listening to the show this week. And if you have a second, please subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. And share the show with your friends so we can keep growing this great community. Remember to check out homewiththecousins.com to read our show notes from this episode, see past episodes, download our free renovation document package, or just to send us a note. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Carino Anthony and at Culinary John. Our show is produced and edited by yours truly, with original music intro and outro created by Steve and Joseph Padula. I'm Anthony Carino, and thanks for listening.